Hi friends! Welcome to Charlie and Steve Watch Stuff, where today we are watching Batman the Animated Series. My name's Steve Selnick, and joining me as always, he's working on his sleight of hand as we speak, it's Charlie Peppers. How you doing today, Charlie? I'm doing well, ready to discuss this uh, interesting episode we got on our hands right now. Oh man, I love hearing the kind words that you try to use to describe episodes that you hate. <laughs> I mean, I mean, uh, I mean, I was gonna say clusterfuck, but I decided to be a little Just more gentle. Tell them how you feel, it, baby. Because honestly, Steve, this isn't a clusterfuck. That's me being mean. The thing that frustrates me about Batman the Animated Series, the first season in particular, is that the quality in episodes goes up and down so consistently that I just, I don't know. The best thing to have is no expectations. Well, if the part of the roller coaster that's exciting is going up in anticipation and going down with the exhilarating feeling of the roller coaster, this is the part where it's kind of flat and nothing's happening and you're wondering why this section of track got put into the design. But at any rate, let's talk about this filler of an episode. It's called Prophecy of Doom here on Batman the Animated Series. It was released on October 6th, 1992, directed by Frank Power, teleplay by Sean Catherine Derrick, and the story by Dennis Marks. And the plot of the episode depicts the appearance of Nostromos, a self-proclaimed psychic that has conned several rich individuals to put massive amounts of money into a trust fund to prepare for a quote-unquote great fall. Things turn quite sour when Nostromos orders an attempt on Bruce Wayne's life to scare his followers into believing him. Now Batman must expose the fraud for what he truly is. And let's just jump right into this. We start <laughs> off with a kind of a redo of the Titanic in a way. You see a cruise ship. It's There's a rollicking good time. There's party. There's gambling. It's You find out later that it's a gambling cruise ship. And you actually get a pretty cool kind of like panning shot through the party. And then you slowly go below decks and you see that there's a bomb near the engine. And the bomb goes off and the ship sinks and the people have to get off the boat and you pretty much smash cut right into Bruce Wayne on, on a date with a woman and her father, I guess. But before we get into that weird little, maybe it's a date, maybe it's not situation. Is there anything you want to say about this Titanic opening that we get? Did it like actually set off any intrigue for you or was it just like, okay, this is, let's see what's happening. I mean, they got everybody off the boat. I guess we can't have anybody drown on Fox kids where this aired. <laughs> That You're was just, my I'm, thought. <laughs> I'm dying right now because I can just, I see, like, again, not a video podcast, but I just, like, I see you working so hard to be, like, just say something about this. And it's just, like, it's okay. <laughs> you can just be, like, no, I got nothing. Like, it's all right. We'll get right into it. So, anyway, we get we get set into sort of, like, we get told who the bad guy is and what's going on right away. Bruce is on this maybe date, but her dad's also there, and it seems like a rich connection of his. And he's he's talking about Romos. And a little sidebar: my mom, when I was like much younger, had a like a no, like a really weird nose infection, oh, and no. she's like never told me exactly what it is, other than it just like was bad. <laughs> so I to this day don't know exactly what she has, but my. My uncle, what do you call an uncle that's now divorced from your mom's sister? Is that still your uncle, technically? I think I'd still call him an uncle. I call him Uncle, uncle Johnny, so. Uncle, that's such a, uncle, aunt, that's such a loose 
term. Yeah, I mean, that's true. In the black community, it is. I don't know how it is for white people. I, well, I'm an uncle to a child that I'm not blood-related to. I'm Uncle Steve mm-hmm. to him, so that, I guess okay. that makes sense. Anyway, my my Uncle Johnny would make fun of her by calling her Nostradamus oh, because shit. she had a thing going on with her nose and she was all-knowing. And so I kind of chuckled at Nostromos over and over because it made me think of Nostradamus over again. So, Mom, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry for triggering you by saying Nostradamus. I know you hate that name. (laughs) But this old rich guy fucking loves Nostromos. He's like, this guy told me that there was danger on this boat and that I shouldn't get on it. And look what happens. It fucking blew up and all these people were in danger. So there's the connection to the boat in the beginning. And you're just like, Bruce is like, okay. Hold on a second. Like, time out. He, he, like, Bruce is smarter than this, but he's also smart enough to play along. And he's like, oh, yeah, I gotta, I gotta meet this Nostromos guy. Let me see what's going on with this dude. Because, you know, it's Bruce. He can't help himself. He's forever the detective. And he plays it off like he's interested and he goes and sees for himself. And Nostromos, I think, is just like a guy with a lot of hubris. Goes like, oh, let me get this new rich guy because I think he's as gullible as the rest of them, and points him out as like he's the one that's going to be in danger next. Bruce is home, and someone sabotaged his elevator, and he escapes this collapsing elevator by changing into Batman and hitting his battering grappling hook out of the elevator, and then goes to chase the guy that tried to kill him. Now, Charlie, <laughs> the only thing I could think about here is if you go to try and kill Bruce Wayne and suddenly Batman is appearing out of the only place that Bruce Wayne could be appearing out of, how the fuck do you not think, oh, Bruce Wayne's Batman? (laughs) I, all right, here's my theory. I think that so many things are happening. I don't think that the animation quite matches the level of chaos and adrenaline that people are feeling in this situation. If it were today, and maybe if it were done digitally, it would be a little bit more swift. Okay, in real life, I'm gonna throw that question back at you. If I were to fall down an elevator shaft, but then Batman popped back up, what would your first question be? Well, I guess it would be, what the fuck is he doing there? I just feel like the way that they wrote it off where they were just like, what are the odds that Batman was there? Mm-hmm. Like, he just happened to be there to catch this very specific thing going down. Like, he was he was there watching over this billionaire. They don't for a second be like, oh, maybe they're the same. <laughs> it's the second time that the show has been very cavalier about how careful he is about changing into Batman and then immediately leaping into action. Where oh, a place, you... a place where I'm talking about, see no evil. I knew you were bringing that up. Where he burst through the door like he was making an entrance on a Broadway. Because production. he he like thinks he's inconspicuously going into a bathroom, and then all of a sudden Bruce or Batman, Bruce Wayne is kicking his way out of the said bathroom where no one else was. <laughs> It's, yeah, I know, like, I get it. It's a 20-minute cartoon for kids. Yes and or. I think a fix to Batman exiting and then coming out of the same door. I'm a fan of Batman falling out of skylight windows or, like, bursting through them. Not only does it look badass, it's consistent with the theme of him being a bat. Bats fly and him just coming through a window. Visually, in the comic books, it looks better. I also think that it 
suggest that Batman's looking over everything that's happening. Batman coming out of the bathroom or out of a broom closet doesn't ring true for me as much. I think, if anything, that would weaken his mythos a little bit, but I guess you gotta do what you gotta do in these situations. In my mind, because, and this is this part I skipped over, at this point he knows that Nostromos is a former criminal, that he has a partner in crime who's a special effects artist, like we skipped over all of that, whatever, it's it's not that, imp- I guess it's important, but we don't care enough to make it that important, but like, in my mind, what I actually, now that I'm thinking back to watching it, what I thought was going to happen is, yes, he uses Batman to escape, but then I thought he was just going to be like, okay, I know who that was, let me go get him, in my Batman way. I was surprised that he then went after the guy who tried to kill him because I thought that just makes it obvious that he's Batman. I don't know. I think, again, I'm really, my brain is doing a lot of work to justify the plot hole of that. It could either be the villains have such an ego about themselves that they don't connect that Bruce Wayne of all people could be the batman it could be that this is happening much more quickly than we think it is it could be that i don't know i think i think the ego's right the ego there's also a lot of people around Mm -hmm. so i think maybe that would get lost and i'm also wondering because there is an episode in season three of the show where batman's in a situation or no, Bruce Wayne is in a bad situation, and he pretends to fall down an elevator shaft to his death. And the two villains are like, oh, he's dead! They pause, they look at each other, and they say, well, we were gonna kill him anyway. Too bad. And they walk away, then Batman crashes through the window of their car. I think that was the show being a little bit more self-referential about... Mm-hmm what it typically does but yeah this is definitely it makes no damn sense but why do you think the ego part is right i think the ego part's right because all they care about is getting rich Mm. and they think that it's working so well on every other dumb rich person that this is just like another step in the process basically and bruce plays into that because he immediately goes to nostromos and he's like you were right like i'm gonna give you 10 million dollars which alfred like clutched his pearls at but it's a smart play by bruce so it's it goes from a dumb play by batman to a smart play by bruce i just would have rather him gotten away been like okay this is definitely what's happening and then went into just like i just thought that the chase part was unnecessary and them trying to insert some action the thing that i was wanting to connect is and this skips to the end a little bit while this is a kid's show bruce wayne quotes fucking shakespeare at the end He literally quotes Shakespeare at the end. So if you're going to, like, pretend like you're all high and mighty and artsy and quote the bard, but then throw something like that at us, that makes us be like, hold on, are you, do you think we're smart or do you think we're dumb? It just it throws me in different directions. And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it a little bit more, I think I have my score a little bit higher than I'm going to give it now that we, once we get to the end of the episode. But anyway, let's get to the great fall. In this episode, they're all gathered at the observatory. The observatory coming back into play. It's the first time we've seen the observatory since Christmas with the Joker. Nostromos mm-hmm. claims the Great Fall, which has been mentioned many times, is on its way. He uses the special effects artist to show this. It's honestly like gave me MAGA vibes. When all of the protests were happening like more frequently during COVID times and cities like Seattle and San Francisco and New York 
and LA even were being painted as these like lawless liberal bastions of anarchy where everyone's just going to like bash your windows and take your shit. Mm. And all of the rich people were clutching their pearls and voting red and being like, no, like we back the blue, like law and order and stuff like that. I, I, that gave me this kind of vibes. Like Nostromos was telling all the rich people, like the poors are going to come and fuck your shit up. And by giving me this money, I'm going to make sure that this chaos stays away from you. The fact that all of them were so willing to believe him and so gullible just shows how disconnected they are from the world. It's so funny to me the way that this show frames being unhoused and being somebody who isn't rich. I honestly, one of the things that the Christopher Nolan Batman films did really well is showing how bored Bruce is of Mm. rich society and socialites. You remember Batman Begins where he kicks all of them out of his birthday party? He's like, no, no, no. This isn't a joke. Leave, you fucking phonies. Stop drinking my booze. Just get out of here. I thought that that was just... That wasn't really acting, on Bruce's part, I think that was definitely a lot of how he really feels. I would love yeah. this version of Bruce Wayne to do something like that. Like, you all believed in a psychic? Oh, you're stupid. All right, thank God Batman's here to save your asses. One thing I will give credit to the episode for is I think that they did a good job of slowly revealing how much of a fraud Nostromos is. I think you start mm. the episode, he shows up totally in costume, you get his act without any breaks or cracks, And slowly as the episode goes along, you start to see little intricacies of where he's lying or where he's fibbing. Like during the the montage of the Great Fall, you see the guy who tried to kill Batman working the lights and all of the stuff. When the second time he's suspended in the air, you get a shot of the hook in his back. So you can see that that's some sort of special effect. Um, Mm. At one point, you see him without the wig on. So you can see that that's not his actual hair and stuff like that. And so it's always the wig, always the wig. It's always it's always the like you, you can just i liked how they kind of parsed out showing that yeah this guy's a fraud and he's just putting on an act so i will give a little bit of flowers to them there but we also see that the the hook is going to be one of the things that starts to give nostromus his downfall because batman uses it to kind of yank him away and his his sidekick and him start to fight and Nostromo starts to spin the planets really dangerously and I didn't mention that Lisa was there and she's tied up as a captive so the rich guy could like there's a certain point where he breaks it he tries to get the rich guy to give him what he wants and whatever and so there's she's in danger because the planets are crashing together and there's like a big ring that's going to come and cut Lisa in half and Batman does his rescue thing and he beats the sidekick and he sends the earth crashing down to beat Nostromos and to knock him out and he saves Lisa before the planet can cut her in half and our one Riddler trophy today is that the crew hated it they hated the scene they hated how it looked they were displeased with the animation in this episode specifically in this climax with Bruce Tim having stated if that whole end sequence with the spinning worlds in the observatory had gone to Junio or any other studio it might have come off but it went to Acom and they just weren't able to pull off that level of animation so Acom catching apparently some well-deserved strays there Uh, and the sentiment was echoed by the director of this episode Frank Power which had said it quote-unquote broke his heart I designed those planets using a circle template how hard is it to animate circles 
it was done by hand, and if we had done it by now, it would have just been done on computer and would have looked spectacular. When I knew the show was going to Acom, a studio I'd had a long history with, I knew they weren't going to pull it off. Admittedly, it was a tough sequence, but they should have been able to do it. Damn. Mm. I love hearing their criticisms of the animation's peaks and valleys. That's not something that I anticipated them to have strong opinions about. I thought it was mostly going to be them focused on the characters and the writing, but to be honest, the animation's everything with this show. It's funny, I do the research for these episodes, and so when you get notes like this, you like go back and watch it, and yeah, it's like... It almost looks like they put, like, polish on a marble and then forgot to make it roll. I don't know the first thing about animation, but yeah, it's like, I can see how they were disappointed by that. So it is interesting to get those those little tidbits. And and after everything is done, the animation team and the crew decides that also adults should be able to appreciate this but not think too hard about it because Bruce Wayne quotes the bard himself, William Shakespeare, as he takes us out of the episode. And that is the finale of Prophecy of Doom. An episode that, when I first heard the title, I thought was going to be the introduction of Rachel Ghoul. So how disappointed mm. was I? We'll have to wait a little bit longer to see the head of the demon in yeah, the series. There is no bad episode of this show with the head of the demon. I'm just going to tell you that right now. He brings such Great. a Indiana Jones level energy to the series that I really appreciate. I can't wait till we get to the first two-parter with Reja Ghoul. Love it. Well, let's wrap up this single-parter episode, just a shorty shorty today for Prophecy of Doom. Charlie, what would you like to give Prophecy of Doom on your battering rating out of five? Okay, so the sorta love interest, her name was Lisa. Lisa raised my score by half a battering. I liked her character. I like that she cut through all of the bullshit. I Does this mean you're it, about to give it half a battering? <laughs> I'm not that vicious. I okay. did consider I did consider it though. This it, this wasn't terrible. It had some interesting ideas. They were trying to cook, but the meal, eh. I'm going to give it two and a half batterings. I think it was close to being decent. I think it's better than okay, because the ideas are very interesting. Just having a character who purports to be an actual psychic. And as the DC animated universe gets more extended, Batman's going to know people like Zatanna, who could very quickly be like, oh, he's not psychic. I don't read any magical energy off of him so it's interesting for me to see the show tackle something like this before the world got bigger because if this were a justice league episode they would have approached it a lot differently so eh, interesting but i don't think it was the right time for this story what do you think yeah it's a two for me i'm a, i'm at a two battering so just below where you're at i don't disagree with anything you said I actually was going to give it two and a half and in our conversation. I think I bumped it down in my brain to a two. So, yeah, I mean, just again, it's wedged in between, I think, as we get more and more great episodes, like we're about to cover Feet of Clay next. And I feel like my gut says those are going to be good episodes, I hope, for someone oh, like yeah. Clayface coming into the, oh, yeah. to the series. So and the fact that we've recently done Heart of Ice and 
Two-Face and other ones, this, I think I'm going to be a little bit more critical of these ones that I'm just like, why did, what, what did I just watch for the last 20 minutes? And what did we really take away from it? So two batterings for me. And I, I think that's it. Do we have anything we want to say about Prophecy of Doom or should we just move on with our lives? I think, okay, if we were going to make this episode better, do we think it would have been better if the person being swindled were somebody like Mayor Hill, who we already know? What if Instead of some random old guy of a girl he's dating? Yeah, that we never see again. I think that it should have been Mayor Hill. I think it should have been him trying to anticipate what's going to happen politically in Gotham or how he Mm. can best batman by being a couple of steps ahead i think that this show does such a disservice to mayor hill's character until it comes to the clock king there's some episodes with the clock king where they do interesting work with mayor hill and those are some of my favorite episodes it should have been him i think it also should have been veronica vreeland it's one of bruce wayne's on and off again love interest i think she could have been the person that's getting duped or just some consistency with the characters that we're seeing most of these episodes that bump me and don't work just feature randos we don't yeah. care about these people and i don't i don't necessarily mind one-off villains i think it's just when they're random and also seemingly are either just like con artists or mobsters and we've said this before but give us give us villains give us comic book yeah well on that note that's gonna take us out for this little mini baby quickie episode of charlie and steve watch stuff we watched the episode prophecy of doom on batman the animated series when we come back with the animated series in the next episode of this podcast we're going to be watching the two episodes that feature clayface in feet of clay parts one and parts two So for myself, Steve Selnick, and my good friend Charlie Peppers, we will see you on the next one. Bye.